Charles Oliveira is really good. As I make this video, he has just won the biggest fight of his career against former UFC interim lightweight champion, Tony Ferguson. And he did it in dominant fashion by earning 30 to 26s from each judge. With this victory, he has put himself amongst the elite in the division, which to many, including myself, was a long time coming. Because in 2010, he was an exciting prospect from Brazil due to his high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And after his first two wins with the UFC, there was great promise for the 20-year-old. But the next seven years after that saw him go 8-8 eight and eight with 1-0 contest, which led to many believing that the hype train had been derailed. But these past couple of years saw him go on an 8-fight win streak, and other series talk about him becoming champion. So why did it take him 10 years to live up to the expectations? How did Charles Oliveira get so good? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today we're going to be talking about Charles Dobronx Oliveira. His career as of late has reached a level that I thought was going to happen years ago. Regardless, he finally made it, and I'm so excited to see what's next. His journey to this moment is one I wanted to examine after his last victory. So in this video, we're going to take a look at his MMA career to really understand how he got so good. But before we get to it, as always, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video, but even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamara podcast. And the best part is that all the money goes to charity. Now let's get to it. Charles began his MMA career on March 15th, 2008. In his first two years, he went 12-0, and 11 of those wins ended in KO, TKO, or submission. So when Charles signed with the UFC, there was a lot of hype surrounding the 20-year-old prospect. Charles made his debut with the promotion on August 1st, 2010. His opponent was Darren Elkins. Although Charles got taken down immediately, he locked up a triangle choke off his back, which transitioned into an armbar that forced a tap. His second fight with the UFC was against Efrain Escudero. After spending most of the fight outstriking Escudero on the feet, Charles locked in a rear naked choke in the middle of round 3. At UFC 124, he fought Jim Miller. Although Charles brought the fight down and looked close to locking up a few submissions, it was Jim's knee bar that forced a tap. Six and a half months later, he fought Nick Lentz. It was an action-packed fight that saw both men connecting on the feet. They also took each other down and attempted guillotines. But round one most likely went to Charles who landed a right hand that dropped Nick. Round two was the same amount of intensity. But after getting taken down, Charles got back up and connected with a knee to the head. The only problem was that Nick ate this knee while he was a grounded opponent. Regardless, the action wasn't stopped by the ref and Charles went on to lock in a rear naked choke that forced a tap. But after further review, the win was later changed to a no contest due to the illegal strike. After this fight, Charles faced Donald Cerrone. The two traded on the feet and although Charles was connecting, Donald's strikes were the more significant. Charles then attempted to grab a hold of a leg, but Donald got out and began throwing ground and pound before referee Mario Yamasaki stepped in. This disappointing stretch led to Charles dropping down to featherweight. His first fight in the new division was against Eric Wisely, and he was back to his winning ways by locking up Eric's leg and finishing him with a calf slicer. Charles went on to fight Ultimate Fighter Season 12 winner, Jonathan Brookins. After dominating Jonathan on the feet, the fight made its way to the ground where Charles locked in the guillotine that forced its tap. At UFC 152, which I was there for alive, he fought Cub Swanson. Charles missed weight for this bout, and although he secured a takedown early, he was no match for Cub's striking. And after eating a right hand, Charles went down and the ref immediately stepped in. At UFC 162, he fought former UFC lightweight champion, Frankie Edgar. Frankie was making his debut at 145. Although Charles was a much bigger fighter, Frankie dominated him on the feet and on the ground. I do have to give Charles credit for eating some big shots in this fight, which showed a lot of heart on his part. But in the end, Frankie won by unanimous decision. Seven months later, Charles fought Andy Ogle in Brazil. Although Andy had his moments on the feet, so did Charles and he was also dominant with his grappling. Eventually, he finished Andy in the third with a triangle choke. After this win, Charles fought Hatsuhiyoki. Although Charles looked close to being submitted by a rear naked choke, he escaped and locked in the anaconda choke that forced a tap. Five and a half months later, Charles fought Jeremy Stevens, and Charles missed weight by 0.5 pounds. Regardless, the fight was competitive on the feet, but Charles found more success due to his longer reach. Plus, he mixed in takedowns and attempted many submissions. And credit to Jeremy for escaping 
escaping all of them. But after three rounds, Charles won by unanimous decision. On May 30th, 2015, he fought Nick Lentz for a second time. Charles looked to be in trouble early by a flurry of punches, but he survived and connected with a bunch of knees before one of them dropped Nick. Charles rained down the ground and pound, but Nick survived to the second round. And in that round, the same back and forth action continued. But it finally came to an end early in the third with a guillotine that forced Nick to tap. Charles's next fight was his first UFC main event. His opponent was Max Holloway. The fight lasted less than a round and for the most part, Max was landing the better shots. Charles went for a takedown and after it got stuffed, he suffered a neck injury that forced the ref to step in. Charles came back four months later to fight Miles Jury, and for a third time, he missed weight. But the fight went on and although it was competitive on the feet, Charles secured a takedown and on the way back up, he locked in the guillotine choke that forced the tap. After this win, Charles fought former UFC lightweight champion Anthony Pettis who was making his debut at 145. And it was a wild back and forth battle on the feet and on the ground. Charles had his moments and also ate some big shots. But in the end, it was Anthony who locked in the guillotine choke that forced the tap. Two and a half months later, Charles came back and fought Ricardo Lamas. This time, he missed weight by 9 pounds. And he was outclassed by Ricardo both on the feet and on the ground. Eventually, Charles tapped out to a guillotine in round 2. For his next fight, he moved up to lightweight. His first opponent back at 155 was former Bellator lightweight champion, Will Brooks. And Charles looked good on the feet before securing a rare naked choke that forced the tap. At UFC 218, he fought Paul Felder. Charles had his moments on the feet and more success on the ground. But so did Paul with his ground and pound. And after he connected with a brutal elbow to Charles' head, he finished the fight with more punches on the ground. Following this defeat, Charles fought Clay Guida. And after dominating Guida on the feet, Charles locked in a guillotine that forced a tap, tying the record for most submission wins in UFC history. Three months later, he fought Christos Giagos. Once again, it was another dominant performance on the feet and on the ground for Charles. He brought the fight down again in the second where he secured the rear naked choke that forced a tap. And with this victory, Charles broke the record for the most submission wins in UFC history. He came back a month later to fight Jim Miller for his second time. And this time, Charles made quick work of Jim by taking him down and finishing him with a rear naked choke. After this three-fight win streak, he fought David Taymor. Although Charles got dropped by a left hand, he recovered and began to take over on the feet. This led to a darts choke in the second that forced David to tap. Three months later, Charles fought Nick Lentz for a third time. In comparison to the previous two fights which were competitive, this one was mostly Charles who mixed his shots better, which led to a right hand in the second that dropped Nick. Charles threw hammer fist before the ref stepped in, making it his first TKO victory in the UFC. After this win, Charles fought Jared Gordon, and in the first round, he connected with a couple of right hands that knocked Jared out. This win streak led to his second main event spot. His opponent was Kevin Lee, who missed weight, but he still had a lot of momentum behind him going into this fight. The two started off by trading some hard shots. Charles shot for a takedown and although he ended up on the bottom, he tried to lock up Kevin's ankle and also mixed in some punches while off his back. Charles almost got a hold of a rear naked choke, and overall, even though Kevin was on top and was a high-level wrestler, he wasn't able to do much. Eventually, Charles scrambled his way on top. He attempted a triangle choke, but Kevin slipped out and ended the round with ground and pound. In round 2, Charles immediately pressed forward. Although Kevin countered with some nice punches, Charles was so unorthodox with his striking and his pace was not slowing down. And although Kevin secured the takedown, he was immediately in trouble from an armbar, an omoplata, and a triangle choke. But then Kevin secured another takedown and spent the remainder of the round on top throwing ground and pound. Yet Charles looked like the fresher fighter at the start of round 3. And although Kevin threw with lots of volume and attempted a takedown, he got caught in a guillotine choke that forced a tap. For me, this was a breakthrough win for Charles. But his next fight was going to be an even bigger test. At UFC 256, he fought former UFC interim lightweight champion, Tony Ferguson. Tony was coming off a loss, but prior to that, he was on a 12-fight win streak. And going into this fight, the 36-year-old was still seen as one of the elite in the division. The two opened up the fight with punches and kicks. But it was Charles who was finding more success due to his pressure and a big head kick. This led to Tony getting taken down easily. And for the remainder of the round, Charles was maintaining top control and throwing punches and elbows. In the final seconds, he attempted an 
armbar that was reminiscent of GSP vs Dan Hardy. How Tony didn't tap is remarkable, but it definitely hurt his arm which affected him for the rest of the fight. The same thing went down in rounds 2 and 3. Charles secured takedowns with ease and controlled the action on the ground with punches and submission attempts. The biggest strike from Tony was an elbow that opened up a cut, and I do have to give him credit for showing so much heart throughout. Regardless, it was a dominant showing from Charles, and after 3 rounds he won the fight by unanimous decision. With this win, not only do many believe that he finally lived up to the hype, but there are serious talks of Charles becoming the next lightweight champion, which I personally agree with at this moment. So for him to go 10-8 and 8 with one no contest in the UFC before his current 8 fight win streak, the biggest question I have to ask is, how did Charles Oliveira get so good? So from the age of 20 to 31, he has grown so much both physically and mentally. When he started, he was a tall, lanky kid, which made him too small for lightweight and too big for featherweight. But now his body is perfect at 155 due to how much muscle he gained over the past couple of years. His skill set has also improved a lot. Before, he was mainly a submission specialist with some skills on the feet. But now I can truly say that he is an all-around fighter. He is able to pick his opponents apart on the feet with his striking and seamlessly transition that to the ground where he's brutal with his submissions. I'm a big fan of his flying knees and kicks, and his takedowns have improved a lot. Plus, nowadays he seems to be able to take hits better than before. And with this style of fighting, many compare him to Tony Ferguson, which to an extent I agree with. But the biggest change I see is his mindset. Charles was always good, but sometimes his fight IQ would get him in trouble. But his past couple of fights really showed how confident he is now. And as a result, he makes his wins look easy. He is composed throughout his fights and that allows him to dictate where the action goes. I believe that after he set the record for the most submission wins in UFC history, it motivated him to do even more. Because if he could set a record like that, then capturing UFC gold should also be on the horizon. And right now in 2020, I believe that's the next chapter in Charles's career. I can't wait for all the possible matchups that are to come with his new status in the division. Plus, I'd love to see a rematch between him and Max Holloway one day. Regardless, this Brazilian fighter had a wild career that was filled with many trials and tribulations. But after 10 years, it's safe to say that Charles Oliveira has finally arrived. My name is Keon and this is my take on Charles Do Bronx Oliveira. You agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's all for now, so I'll see you on my next one.